As we remain standing, we go into the eternal word of God. And I want you to know that a present word is available for you today that is able to change your life and take you from where you are to where you ought to be. I want you to take your Bibles, if you have them here, and turn to the gospel according to St. Luke. I'm going to be reading verses, um, chapter 18, verses 7 to 8. And I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible. Luke 18, 7 to 8, the Message Bible. And I read, it says, So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? I'm going to read that again. So what makes you think that God won't step in and work justice for us, his chosen people, who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up? For us, I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. Can you say amen to that? But the question is, how much of that kind, there are many kinds of faith, that kind of persistent faith, will the Son of Man find on earth when he returns? The Lord spoke these words right after he told them the story of the importunity we do, the one that just won't take no for an answer. And so this morning I bring you the word of the Lord that came to me and I titled it Persistent Faith Wins. Persistent Faith Wins. Father, I thank you for because you love us so much, you open our understanding, our eyes of understanding to see that there are all kinds of faith and in the season that the world is now and that season is according to the prophetic word of God that says that in the end it is going to be difficult to be a Christian that the kind of faith that we used to have 30 years ago that we talk about with so much sense of euphoria and all that 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 kind of faith, good as it is, is not a faith that we need now. The kind of faith that works when it is going to be difficult to be a Christian is the persistent kind of faith, the one that wins in this kind of season. Father, we tap into that word. We pray that the word will become life unto us and that change our disposition and we stop talking about good old days and maximize the present day to the glory of God. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Say amen. You may be seated this morning. I bring you a very razor sharp word of the Lord that is destined or predestined to cause us to be a little more a lot more triumphant in this season and stop talking about how things used to be better in the past because there is grace for every dispensation somebody say persistent faith so the word of the Lord Jesus told about about the importunity widow and when he did that he now asks the question, so what makes you think that God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people? The ones who continue. Not just the one who prayed. Not just the one that used to come to church before the pandemic, but they don't come anymore. The ones who 
continue. Continue to serve. Continue to pray. Continue to have the right expectations. Continue to cry out for help. This season we're in is a season of difficulty across nations. And if you're going to be expecting that things are just going to be easy, no, things are not going to be easy. But when you operate persistent faith, you become triumphant. Because there, there is grace for every season. Can I beg of you, stop talking about the good old days. They're not coming back. These days are good if you tap into the resource of God called persistent faith in the season. Bible says the ones who continue to cry for help, won't God stick up for them? God has not changed. He goes on to say, I assure you God will stick up for them. God will help them. He will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of God find on earth when he returns? I'm going to read from the Amplified Version of the Bible. The AMPC says, And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. Listen, Today we need God to respond quickly because things are happening at the speed of microwaves. And if you can't get God to respond like that until you get an understanding and you begin to operate in what is called persistent faith. A lot of people don't have faith anymore because they are still operating that kind of faith in this season. That will not work in this season. And that's why a lot of people are discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. He says he will avenge them if you tap into persistent faith. However, the Son of Man, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith? There's something called persistent faith and there's, it is operated by being persistent in faith. Will he find persistence in faith on earth? It's not that I don't feel compassion. I have been through a lot myself. But you say, how long are you going to complain about? How long are you going to complain for? To who are you complaining? The person you're complaining for has their own issues. And that's why I preach the message, get real. you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. The days are going to get more difficult. Go and read Paul's uh, uh, epistle to Timothy. He said, let me tell you, things are going to get tough. And it's foolishness. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, don't say the good old days because you inquire not. It says wise people don't talk like that. Wise people live in the present. And they download all the resources of God for the present. And they overcome in the present. And that's how come our lives will be a, a source of glory to God, not in our defeat whilst we whine about how easy things used to be. Go to any nation in the world. There's no nation in the world that will tell you that things are easier now for them than before. Every nation you go, they will tell you it's harder now. It's a prophetic thing. And pastors should not be telling people it's going to get easier. It's not going to get easier, but God is going to give you stronger armor, stronger weapons, stronger anointing, greater grace to triumph in those days. We got to be stronger. We got to be tougher. 
What do you think happened to me at 58 and a half? This pandemic struck. And all the resources I used to do ministry with were not available. People were not available. Everyone was hiding in their house. And I had to keep the ministry going. I didn't understand um, Instagram. I didn't understand. People my age don't understand those things. I had to do them myself. I had to strengthen myself in the Lord. I had to receive new grace for a season. And blessed be God, I think I did better in this pandemic than even before the pandemic. Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, non-stop. For five months, non-stop. If you fell down, what do you think I was feeling? If you were broke, what do you think I was, I was going through? And all that time, fresh anointing. It stretched me, but listen, I am stronger. I am better before. The devil lost the battle. The devil is losing the battle over your life. I want you to be resolute, persistent in faith, and you are going to be the better and the stronger for it to the glory of God without failing the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The contemporary English version of the Bible in the same Luke 18 verses 7 to 8, remember I'm speaking about persistent faith wins. It means that all, any other kind of faith may not win. It's good, oh, but not for this season. If I dress like this and I go to the northern part of Canada, I will die of cold. It works here. It doesn't work there. Can we move into the season called now? There is grace for now. The reason why we're struggling is we're living in then. And we're trying to use the equipment of then to function in now. Can I ask you, Nokia, what's that Nokia 58212? What's that Nokia we used to use? Not care 58212 or something. 3310. Ah, not care 3310. Try and try and go on Instagram with 3310. Oh my explode me. It was good then. Can it work now? The faith you're talking about was for then. God is calling us to persistent faith. Let me read the contemporary English version. It says, God's, won't God protect his chosen ones who pray to him day and night? It, God never changes. Won't he be concerned for them? He will surely hurry and help them. Will you say amen? amen. He will surely hurry and help them. Amen. That's what God wants to do. God is in a hurry to help. But you're operating the wrong currency. Can I tell you, faith is a currency of God. Are you aware of that? Naira is a currency of Nigeria. Dollar is a currency of America, yeah? But faith is a currency of God. We can't do anything with God without faith. But when the currency has been upgraded, you know, sometimes they change the design. Can you spend the one that used to be? You have to spend the one that is now. I can show you old Naira notes. I have them in my house. They are Naira notes. But if I took them, if I brought them to your business, will you accept it? Why didn't you say it's just Naira? I'm speaking volumes. And he that hath an ear, let him hear. May our return prove to be triumphant because right now God is putting in your hand what will work. I said God is putting in your hand what will work. 
It will work in your home. It will work in your business. It will work with your children. It will work in the church. And so this story started from verse 1 of Luke 18. So let me take you back to verse 1 because I've been reading verses 7 to 8 and the picture will be clearer. So in the message translation of the Bible, Luke 18 verse 1, because I started with a message version. Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary. Someone say necessary. I can hear you. Necessary. It was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. The word necessary means this is the only way forward. And so he told them a story showing that, not telling, showing how it works, showing the sequencing of action to produce the kind of result that we want. It was necessary for the people of God to pray consistently and never what? Quit. And never what? Never quit. Many of us have quit because we feel that I am tired. Persistent faith gets tired and shakes itself up and takes another step. Glory to God. In the days we are at, tiredness is going to be normal. But like they say, courage is not an absence of fear. Courage is action in the face of fear. So you are tired. Guess what? Guess what? Everybody's tired. Is there someone here that is not tired? No, I beg you. I just want to prove the Lord wrong. Is there anybody that is not, if they ask you, are you not tired? Are you not tired? So what is new? So you want somebody that is tired to be encouraging you. In these days, the kind of faith that we have will get tired. And guess what? You wake up in the morning, you wash your face and take one more step forward. As you take one more step forward, the grace of God begins to push you forward. The grace of God begins to help you. You begin to get angelic assistance. Because the devil wrote a script that when they're tired, they will quit. When they're tired, they will, they will, they will, they will give in to defeat. They will, they will roll over and die and be buried on their bed. And many of us didn't know that that script was written by the devil and we're, we're doing what our enemy wants us to do. If the devil could kill you, he would have killed you. You are the only person that can kill yourself when you won't pick up yourself just because you're tired. Thank you, madam. So God is saying the kind of faith that works now is persistent faith. Let me read the New Century Version. Give me the new century version. The same Luke 18 verse 1. Are you getting something here? This is a triumphant return. This is how to be triumphant. Let me ask you. If I quit ministry because I got tired in the five months. What will have happened? It's not the devil that killed Grace Assembly. You know who will have killed Grace Assembly? It's me. He just gave me the opportunity and I use my tiredness as a reason and I killed it. And when I go before God, I say, God, Satan, COVID killed Grace Assembly. I worked for Grace Assembly 20 something years. God will say, Bele, 
But you're wrong. You are the one that killed Grace Assembly. Tiredness is not a reason to give up. It's a reason for you to know that there's something to be downloaded at this point in time. Something is going to drop. An idea is going to drop. A helper is going to drop. Something is going to happen. Lift up your eyes beyond the hills. Your help cometh from the Lord. You need help when you're tired. And there's no, no reason trying to postal like you're not tired. Not with me. Because I don't need to talk to you before I know what you're thinking. Oh, you don't know that about me? I just don't talk. That's the difference between a preacher and a man of God. I know. The New Century Version says, God will answer his people. Can I hear an amen? amen. I said, he will answer our needs. He will answer out for our troubles. God will answer his people, Jesus said. So that's the, that in my own Bible, that is a subheading to uh, Luke 18 verse 1, the New Century Version. When I open my Bible, the subheading is God will answer his people before he quoted what God said. Which means this is what is going to happen. Then Jesus used this story to teach his followers that they should always pray and never lose hope. He used the story of the importunity widow to teach them something. That they should always pray and never lose faith because the season was going to require more than that kind of faith. Confess and receive it. You're going to need more than that. Anybody that tells you that's all you need is not telling the whole truth. The Living Bible says one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer. He told them a story to illustrate it's like acting a play to show them how they're going to triumph in life. To illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying, come on now, until the answer comes. One day Jesus told his disciples a story that was so colorful to illustrate the need for constant prayer and to show them and to show them and to show them that they must. They, you have no choice. There's no other way. Don't let anybody lie to you. They must keep praying. You must keep praying until the answer comes. But the guarantee is the answer is already on the way. Glory to God. Yesterday we had prayer here. Normally we would have had the congressional prayer as we have been having online. I said, no, no, let everybody come here. You know why? Because this place was prepared, but it was cold. Because you, that you, you are the carriers of the life of Christ, have not been here for almost six months. I'm smart enough that prayer must be had in the tabernacle for the atmosphere of heaven to come because you are the carriers of heaven. Oh, you didn't know that. Heaven is not anywhere. Heaven is already in your heart. That's why you're going to heaven. Heaven is going to connect to heaven. So when people came here and started breathing and they started praying, you know, every time you breathe is a life force. 
I started feeling life return to this auditorium. Constant prayers. There was a lot of charging. And it didn't feel like a cold, nice looking hall anymore. It began to feel like church. Can I tell you something? The devil is a lie. You're carrying something and that's something. If you release it constantly in prayer, your answer will come to the glory of God. Who am I prophesying? You better say hallelujah. Blessed be God. Keep praying until the answer comes. What comes along when you start praying? A voice will come say you have been praying. See, it's nothing happened. What voice do you think that is? is the Bible says Satan comes to steal. To steal your capacity to pray until your answer comes. By the thoughts he tells you. He said nothing has happened. Your neighbors are laughing at you. Yes, you owe him money. He gives you a reason why you should not be persistent in prayer. And you succumb like Eve. And the whole garden that was shaken before gets completely lost. Satan did not touch any fruit. Satan did not touch Adam or Eve. Satan just gave them a reason to decimate their own destiny. They are the ones that did it themselves. When you stop praying, you know what you have done? You have given the devil the right to take everything away. That's why Jesus said, I'll show you an illustration. Why you must be instant and constant in prayers. Keep praying until the answer comes. I know somebody is here thinking, my God, my God, is that, that's where I got it wrong. Somebody's thinking, I, I realized that I gave up. Listen, what does giving up do for you? You know what it does? It empowers Satan to bury you. If you don't give up the breath of life, no, nobody has a right to bury you. It's a criminal offense to bury the leading, living. But the moment you give it up, you give up your marriage, where well, that's good, Satan will bury it for it. You give up your child, Satan will kill that child. You give up your business, you start talking nonsense about your business, that's very good. It goes it, not into the mortuary, not even, even to the cemetery. The carcass of your business will be thrown into the forest, not even a burial. Until you give up, it cannot be buried. That's why I haven't given up on you. That's why I'm still here. A few people are here today. I expected more people. But trust me, I'm not giving up. I'm praying for them. God is expecting you to be persistent in faith. To be constant in prayers. Because he will not give up on you. He has an answer. You will not miss it in Jesus' name. Let me conclude this short message with how persistent faith works. Every time a man of God says, this is what God wants to do. Tell you, say amen. Say yes, sir. Do everything. Or say, but sir, how does it work? The smartest question you can ask anybody is how. Not what. You will have money. You will have children. Very good. Sorry, sir. How? How persistent faith works. It's found in Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read from the Living Bible Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. The season of that kind of faith has gone. Let it go. Jesus said, I am living. There's nothing you can do. The only person you can hold on to on earth is the Holy Spirit. Some people are saying, hey, Jesus should be here. Oh, I want Jesus to be here. That's, that has come and gone. What you have is God with us, the Holy Spirit. 
If you will not flow with the Holy Spirit, you cannot flow with Jesus. It's as simple as that. Glory to God. So Mark 10, 46 to 52. And I read quickly. And so they reached Jericho. Later as they left the town, Jericho, a great crowd was following. Now it happened that a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. He was sitting down dejected. He was sitting down defeated. He was sitting, sitting down with no hope. And Jesus was passing by. Somebody, Jesus is already passing by. Don't let him pass you by. Verse 27 says, When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus from Nazareth was near, the Bible says he got up. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Every time you come to church and you perceive the spirit of the Lord is moving, you, you swing into action. This guy knew about the Lord, knew God. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 28, some people began to tell him, shut up. They started to talk down his faith. Stop saying you have faith. Shut up. You know, the things that, that, that silence your faith are the voice that reminds you that you failed before. You tried it before. It didn't work. You had a fiancé. It didn't end in marriage. There are some things that silence your faith. The rejection you got will come up. Bartimaeus knew her. You can't see. He didn't even see you. He just heard he was. He started to do the right thing. They said, shut up. There are many things that shut down your faith. Fear shuts down your faith. Fear brings torment. The voice that reminds you how long you've been trying and because it still not has worked, strives to silence and bury your faith. But it cannot do it without your agreement. Say, shut up. The baby you want, you have been trying. Shut up. But that was only in the past. His messages are new every morning. It's a new day. It's a triumphant return. We didn't return the way we left. No. We scurried out of this place. We're coming back shouting with the shouts of joy. And she shut up. Some of the people yelled at him. Waiting be your own. Now my mouth and they take shout. Waiting be your own. Satan, stay out of my business. Stay out of my relationship with my children. They are not your children. Don't tell me to give up. Persistent faith wins. Any other faith loses. I thank God for Bartimaeus. Sometimes maybe it's better to be blind so that you will have sense. When they say shut up, Bible said, but he only shouted the louder. Again and again and again. He kept doing the thing that shows that he has faith. Let 
some things tell you to shut up. When your mates are driving the car, when they're living in the kind of house you two should have by now, when you hear that they're doing well, those things want to shut down your faith and so that you don't believe God and when you get angry, you get jealous, you get vindictive. I was talking at TGIF about discouragement. When people are discouraged, they become nasty. They're not charitable anymore. They're not rejoicing with those that rejoice anymore and they cut themselves off the grace of God. Shut down your faith. But the Bible says, he only shouted the louder. Again and again, oh son of David, have mercy on me. This is how persistent faith works in the face of your trouble. Let anybody that wants to laugh, laugh. Let anybody that don't, doesn't want to help you, let them not help you. But don't let them shut down the voice of your faith. Your faith has a voice. You have to speak what you believe. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. God speaks and calls those things that be not as though they were. Let somebody come around and call your husband a fool. My husband is not a fool. My husband is a wise man. Let somebody come along and say, your, your child is allowed. My child is not allowed. He's on his way to becoming a great man. They say, shut up. People come around and say, your shukara business, look at you. Or how much is your net worth, all your business and so on. They want you to agree with them. Shut up. No, 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 no. Tell them you don't know. Listen, the, the quantum of a business, the value of a business is not just the business that is doing. The ideas that are building up, the, the thought, the processes that we are putting in place. It's part of the value of my company. And you're such a fool. You don't know the essence and the value of ideas. Ideas rule the world. Don't let anybody come around and say your ministry, what is going on in your ministry? Listen, they want to shut down your faith. Be persistent. This guy spoke what he wanted. He realized that my mouth is my own. Your ear is your own. If you don't want to hear what I'm saying, block your ear, but you cannot shut my mouth. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house. I had an opportunity to taste of your business. And I don't care what anybody is saying. Don't agree with them. Your business is going places. Shoot her. Bible says he only shouted the louder. Listen, there are times you don't just talk. You've got to shout. Because if you talk, they will drown what you're trying to say. You see, if we're talking at the same level, the same decibel, I may, I'm likely to be hearing you more than I'm hearing myself. But when I shout... What I'm shouting down your negativity and I'm shouting what God wants to hear and I'm shouting for the angels who move at the prompting of the speaking of the word of God to do what God wants. Now you get your ear, but now me get my mouth. If you don't get faith, that's your business. I got faith. And it is not your life, it is my life. Jesus was only around the place. He didn't even know the distance of Jesus to himself. So just to make sure that nobody will not allow Jesus to hear him, he shouted as far as he thought, wherever he is around here, he will hear me. God will hear you. No situation will drown your voice in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. He shouted again and again. Listen, Jesus told the story about the importunity widow and says, this kind of faith, will I find it? This man, I don't know where he heard the sermon. He heard 
Only Jesus heard. Jesus was not coming to him. He was not in church. He shouted again and again. Listen, go home and say what you want God to do again and again. Listen, if you want to shout, shout. They can only grumble for a while. But when you start celebrating, they will come and celebrate with you. Bible says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Our voice was filled with singing and we're dancing. And our neighbors who used to complain about us, our neighbors who used to criticize us, they said, behold, see the Lord has done great things for them. And they agreed, said, na so, na so, na so, the Lord has done great things for us. So shall our testimony be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, verse 29, I'm almost done. When Jesus heard him, think about it. He was speaking. He started shouting. They said, shut up. The Bible says when they said, shut up, he shouted the more again and again. All that happened in verse 27 and 28. It was in verse 29. The Bible says, then Jesus heard him. Question is, why didn't Jesus hear him the first time? Before they said shut up, he was speaking. Jesus had ears. Can I tell you something? It is not for me to ask Jesus, why didn't you hear me the first time? My own is that, say you don't hear me. You see, all the years the cankerworm has stolen, not only are you going to bless me, you are going to restore to me all the shouting I was shouting that you did not hear because that is your nature, to make up for lost time. I want to prophesy to somebody, everything you lost, God is going to gather together, merge together, and bless you on top of what he's going to give you, and you'll be like Job, as if nothing ever went wrong in your life. If you are that person, say amen and amen and amen. Oh, no, no, no. Shout amen and amen. I said again and again. I receive it in the name of Jesus. If your neighbor is not shouting, say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The man shouted again and again. The Bible says in verse 29, then when Jesus heard him, you know what faith is? There is no persistent faith. I said it all, but he didn't hear. Verse 27, I said it all. Verse 28, I, I was saying it all. Listen, until verse 29 happens, don't stop shouting. Glory to God. When Jesus heard him, child of God, he knows, he knows the frequency of your voice. He just wants you to believe that God is not deaf. He wants you to shout the voice of defeat. He wants you to prove that you believe that though your mother and your father may forsake you, but the Lord will never forsake you. When he heard him, the Bible says he stopped there. The word there is burn. He didn't stop slowly. He stopped suddenly and the people behind him ran into him. He stopped there. Right there in the road. He stopped there. As he was stopping, he was acting. There was no break in transmission. You see, when your goodness is going to happen, it's going to be bam, 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 bam. It will be machine gun blessing. Blessing upon blessing, blessing upon blessing, blessing upon blessing. I can't hear you. Amen. Blessing upon blessing, blessing upon blessing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus heard him, he stopped there in the road and instantly said, tell him to come here. Jesus could have walked to the man to get him. I want to ask you, why did he send them to go and get him? He says, you, that you are telling him to keep quiet, go and bring him. 
the people who criticize you, they are going to run errands for you. On the authority of scripture. So when people are telling you, shut up, that's why you don't fight with them. No, they'll not get. Jesus stopped. And he told the people that told him, shut up, go and bring him. Let's read what happened. Let's read how they relayed the message. The same mouth they used to talk before is the same mouth they used to talk again. That's why you must not stop talking. Praise God. So, so tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, you lucky fellow. From the fool that is disturbing us. Keep your eyes, shut up. You're disturbing everybody. You lucky man, they said. Come on. Your answer is calling you. The people that will bear your good news will surprise you. The people you least expect will celebrate you. And Bartimaeus hmm, yanked off his old coat. He knew that that season is over. Some things will not fit you. You will yank them off in Jesus' name. The Bible says his old coat, the coat of begging, he yanked it off. Flung it aside. This man had revelation. And jumped up and came to Jesus. I, 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 I perceive the word jump up and came to Jesus. Is he outran the people go, they sent to him. Because at that point in time, he was already seen. It is, they didn't, the Bible says they led him to. The moment you connect with God, see the lightnings and the thunderings of God will begin to happen. So he began to see like with some infrared vision. Because they were talking, he jumped up and went to Jesus. They did not escort him. From today, you will start doing things you cannot explain. He came to Jesus. He didn't say they came with him to Jesus. He came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. You see people that complain so much. Even by the time Jesus asked them. What do you want me to do for you? They will start reciting their problems. Let me give you the scripture that says that. The man at the pool of Bethesda. Abby. When Jesus said what do you want? You know what he said? Ah, I have been here 38 years. And every time the angel stirs the water, I have nobody to put me in the pool. He didn't answer the question. What can I do for you? When you rehearse your problem so much, you're actually painting a picture of your destiny. Even Jesus talking to him, he was still saying the same thing. What have you been saying? Faith has a voice. Speak with the voice of faith. Don't rehash the problem. The man asking you, what can I do for you? He knows what he can do for you. That is the proof that your faith must have a voice. Otherwise, even God may not be able to help you. You think Jesus didn't know? How difficult is it to see, to know a man is blind? You're asking the man. It's because life and death are in the power of the tongue. You see this thing they're telling us to wear. That's why I don't like it. This thing they're telling us to wear. Because it's as if to muzzle the strongest part of my being, my mouth. But thank God, we can still speak some, some, some word. But let me close. So, he said, what can I do for you? He says, oh teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. Can you understand what I'm saying? The man who is persistent in faith, 
he speaks little when his moment comes because he knows exactly what he wants. People that complain and murmur, they, they, what they, they magnify their problem and they're storytellers. The, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he was telling a story of war. They ask you, what is your future? You know what you're saying? They say, what can I do for you? That's the story of your future. He started talking the story of his past. That's how some of us take our past and fling it into our future. May we not use our hand to destroy our future in Jesus' name. Jesus asked him, what can I do for you? He knew. He wanted to hear from the man. I like this man. I want to see. He was not talking about only with eyes that are physical. With eyes of understanding. He was speaking volumes to the right person. My prayer is when our hour comes, we will not be rehashing our pain, complaining about what people did. We'll be able to speak. He didn't say, this is how I became blind. It's somebody that spit in my eye. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, read with me. And Jesus, verse 32, and Jesus said to him, all right, it is done. How many words? One, two, three, four. I want to see. How many words? I want to see. How many words? All right. It's done. How many words? Four words. Four words. End of story. Instantly the Lord says, your faith has healed you. They missed out a word there. I put it in brackets in my notes. Your persistent faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and follow Jesus down the road. I close by telling you that persistent faith wins. Persistent faith wins. And the persistent in faith wins. And those that will be persistent in faith, you will win in this season. Amen and amen. With that, I'm going to ask you to stand as we pray. Father, we thank you for the word today about persistent faith. Thank you because this is a picture of where we're going as we escape from where we're coming from. As we have come triumphantly into the house of the Lord, we go triumphantly back into our normal life and on to greater things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. At this point in time, Father, I want to pray for everyone that has come to church and those listening online that this will mark the beginning of a better phase of our lives to the glory of your name. Thank you, Father Lord. We pray in Jesus' name.